0: Well, I guess this is uh, Church at Home week seven, I think. I I'll no tell you idea. what, I'm losing track of everything. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just get her the month to when. It's just day, day after day after day. Sun goes up, sun comes down, day. Oh, it like makes a- me crazy. And of course, now we've been, life's been canceled for another month. Here we are, we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep going. So our Church at Home has been Church on the Move, Uh, We spent some time at the church building, then we went to the PAP living room. Last week we were filming in Frankfurt, and I'll tell you what, Griffey was a hit, man. People love
1: that dog. You know, he's actually gotten quite the uppity attitude after seeing what a star he is on YouTube. And today's his birthday, so it's just not been a good week for us (laughs) as he prances around
0: all proud that's fun well pets have been kind of a theme of church at home Uh, uh, i think it was the second week i got a i got a text from heather roberts and her mom and dad were watching uh watching church and and they 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 gave me a picture of their cat (laughs) checking us out as we were going ahead and and then last week uh frank and mindy judd their their dog uh callie was watching right from the start Caught Griffy. You got it. You got to check out this response. This, this dog. I'll tell you what. If these two could get together, I think Callie might rip Griffy apart. Man, that is one pugnacious pug there. <laughs> Griffey would be terrified. Griffy is. It's hilarious because he's kind of a, a real, real wimp. But uh, anyway, he just he cracks me up. So this dog is just having having a blast checking out what's going on. And uh, any minute now, there you go, he, he turns and comes back home. So I don't know what's going on at your house today, but hopefully you're having a great time as we gather together for a, for another time of worship. I want to remind you, uh, as we do every week, that even though we're not in our space together, there are things that, that we need to do together. So one of them is to continue to be faithful in our giving, and there are a couple of ways that people can do that. You want to tell them? Yeah, you can go ahead and do... What I've learned to do over the
1: last two months here is uh, use the Church Center app. So you can download the app if you haven't already. It gives you access to all our small groups and everything, but you can give really easily online that way. You can go to our church website, or you can snail mail checks uh, to our P.O. Box, P.O. Box 576, Shanahan, Illinois, 60410.
0: So one of the things I normally do every year this Sunday— is to give that public service announcement that next Sunday is Mother's Day. So make sure you go ahead and do that thing that's going to honor your mother. Uh, If you're ordering from Amazon, she'll probably get it in July at this rate. (laughs) Kind of miss that next day or same day service. But anyway... um, but one of the things we thought would be fun to do right now in our, in our text-in moment, 815-290-9595. Say it so they remember. 815-290-9595. There it is. Why don't you go ahead and text what you love about your mom? Go ahead right now, give us something. Your mom may be a very active part of your life right now, or she may be someone that, that you remember and love. Why don't you go ahead and text us right now uh, something that you love and appreciate about your mom, and uh, we'll see if there's a creative way that we can put those together and share them. We are, we've got some proud moms this May as they have children that are about to graduate. Uh, not graduate by ceremony the way it normally happens, mm-hmm. but graduate nonetheless. And four kids in our church that are going to be graduating that have been, um, they've been a fantastic class. They yeah. they have been, uh, they've been with you the whole time. The, the whole time, time you've been here. Yeah. So this is, that, that part's fun. And I'll tell you what, every one of them, I know them and, and love them. Uh, and, and it's just, it's, so what we decided to do is spend the month focusing on them a little bit. So yeah. tell us how we're doing that. Well,
1: every generation brings about new jobs, right? And right now, one of the trends is to be a social media influencer. I still don't fully understand what that means, but I do get the gist of it, that basically these people who have clout on social media get sent things like clothes or items that they then use in their posts and they force other people to buy things. Hmm. Like it's they're, they're using their influence to get people to to act in the market, we have a very different kind of influencer group right here. These four have made a lasting impact on who we are as Southfield students, um, and it's not—that's not something that you can say about every no, every group or every class. But these four have truly changed who we are as a group and and they've done some amazing things so one of the ways that we want to honor them because normally we'd be up on stage with all four of them
0: giving them their gifts like we have every year And your gift is coming it should be here around september 2021 if amazon gets (laughs) on the rack so go ahead Um,
1: (coughs) we instead of being able to do that we wanted to give them their time the light so for the next four weeks we have set up interviews with each of our seniors and we, we just want to know where they're going. We want to know our um, Marked Up or Marked By segment is going to be done with our seniors. Today, we get to start with one very special family who's been around for a long time, and their mm-hmm. oldest daughter, if you, if you have been If you've been at Southfield for 10 years, if you've been at Southfield for 10 minutes, You've been impacted by Nikkel in one way or another, and we're going to be able to hear all about that in in her interview. Great. Hey, everybody. It is Brian and Nikkel coming to you straight from Zoom. Zoom is something that I love that we have, but, man, I'm just sick and tired of it. Are you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I want to be face-to-face with you, Nikkel, Nickel, Dime, Quarter, Dollar Bill, $50 Bill. You've got so many nicknames, and I won't go into them all right now, but um, the reason you have so many nicknames is because you have been an integral part of student life at Southfield for many, many years. And I really, really appreciate all the things that you've done, and I know that you've had your fair share of fun along the way. A lot of really good memories with you. Um, Because you are one of our seniors and you're graduating and moving on um, here in the fall, we want to know, what are you doing? What's the plan when you graduate from Juliet West Where are you going? What do you want to do?
2: Um, So in the fall, I'll be going to Indiana State University in Terre Haute to study music education. I want to either teach private lessons or be a band director. I'm not totally sure yet, but either way, teaching music to junior high and high school students.
1: Awesome. So do you think that before you leave, you could teach me how to play an instrument?
2: I could try. I don't know how well that would go.
1: I really wanted to learn how to play the didgeridoo.
2: I don't know how to play the didgeridoo yet.
1: Well, you'll learn in college. <laughs> All right. No, that's really exciting. I'm pumped for you. We're we going to do a special segment with each and every one of our seniors. And, Nikel, the one I have planned for you is something that I am calling cry or cry laughing. And what you're going to do is respond either with the word cry or cry laughing, depending on how it would make you feel to each one of the words phrases or dates that i give you so i'm going to list off some things and you're just going to respond and tell me that one makes me cry or that one makes me cry laughing got it yep. all right here we go thing number one rice
2: um both
1: we'll i totally understand that was a prank that I pulled on the I put 10 pounds of rice into her bags at one of our winter camps, and I'm positive that Tristy is still not happy about that. Um, 9/11/16. That one's a date.
2: 9/11/16. That was my baptism day. Yeah. Um, I would say probably somewhere in the middle. It was a meaningful day, but I'm not sad about it. So.
1: So maybe. Uh, Smiling cry, not, not cry laughing, but cry with a smile. Sure. Uh, That doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. Uh, the thought of graduating.
2: Um, school. I'm fine with graduating, but from church, not so much. That's not going to be easy. So probably cry.
1: I can promise you that it will be cry for me. Jet skis.
2: Cry laughing easily.
1: (laughs) Mikkel has been on many trips back to across the lake as we uh, return the jet skis. And I've thrown her off, I don't know, a couple dozen times. So I'm glad you didn't get hypothermia in those icy waters. Rendezvous lasagna.
2: I'm laughing for sure.
1: <laughs> Rendezvous lasagna. I, I don't even know what it is. It morphs, but you just <laughs> perfectly encapsulated it. Sorry. Some of these are inside jokes, people. Get used to it. Students are weird. Um, piggyback.
2: Um. Well, I love the tradition of it, but we're not going this year, so I don't know how that will work.
1: We're going to make it happen. So year one, Nikkel insisted on getting piggyback rides and then ending the week at Green Lake by getting a picture of me giving her a piggyback ride, and we've taken one every year, even as she gets taller and taller. So maybe this year I get on your back.
2: We can try.
1: I don't know. I don't know how well that will go. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I put on a lot of quarantine weight. (laughs) Uh, Last, the last one that I have for you is something that we are not going to fully explain right away. Um, Triangle.
2: Cry laughing, for
1: sure. Cry laughing is right. Southfield, if you want to (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> i wasn't ready for that if you want to know about the triangle contact one of the other adult student volunteers and they will gladly explain it for you it is very funny but we don't have time for it today okay Nikel, i know that you are an avid uh, bible reader you're one of the students who i know when i give out um a plan or something like that with uh with our group, or if we do a Bible study, uh, I know that you'll be one of the ones to go through it and read it. And because you you take the Bible uh, as meaningful and as real and as a hundred percent true, and and you have dedicated a lot of time to reading it and and knowing it, you've gone so far as to even though you couldn't come to our Bible study this spring, you still wanted to do it separately because you didn't you could not miss out on on what the Bible has to offer. So being knowing you, I would imagine that you are a Bible marker upper. Is that true?
2: Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of tabs and post-it notes and things and there's highlights and it actually has margins that I can write in.
1: Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. I love it. Um, yeah, I know from, from last week with Donna Missy, like being able to go back and see some of those notes that you wrote in high school, you know, as you keep going and growing in your In your walk that going back and seeing how those verses hit differently uh, is gonna be really cool. So if you've marked up your Bible, what is a verse or a passage that you've been marked by?
2: I would say that one specifically for me is in Galatians, um, chapter two, verses 19 through 21. It says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for Christ. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing.
1: It's incredible passage. It's a, a life-altering message. Um, if you are talking to one of your junior high girls, I know you, you work with the seventh graders. Um, how would you... Would you, do you Would you find it easier to explain that passage or show them what it looks like?
2: Well, I would definitely say that it's easier to show them. Um, they do get a little squirrely sometimes. And although that can be fun, it's also kind of hard to harness. So although I do often explain things to them through my words, I think it's much more effective to show them the love of Christ and show them how to die to yourself and live for him by loving others and caring about them and showing them that they're valuable instead of just telling them how that works
0: yeah
1: and i i think that's that's part of the reason that we chose you to be one of the one of the leaders because you do embody that it's not just words for you we see how much um how much this actually has become a part of who you are and who you're growing into um, as as a human so The way that you're able to show those girls what this looks like is often through serving. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna surprise you a little bit. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds and I want you to try and list off all the roles that you've served in at Southfield or previously uh, Rock Run, all right? So you know what, I'm taking it back. I'm gonna give you five seconds, five seconds. Ready, set, go.
2: Cleaning team, worship team, Refuge leader, revive leader, um, tech team for Quest. Stop.
1: <laughs> I know. i going to eat you alive knowing that you missed a bunch of roles. But that's the point, right? That's the point that I was trying to make is you've served all over the place in so many different capacities. And it's not because of anything that you have for yourself. Yeah, you have fun. Um, but I wouldn't imagine that cleaning toilets is something that you do in your spare time. No, no, you do it because you truly want um, you want to to live out a life that that honors God, and if cleaning toilets makes it easier for others to honor God, then so be it. And and you do a great job of that. Um, so, is there anything else that you have to add about that that passage? How how do you think um, this plays into your future? Because if it's marked you now, how do you think? Um, it can continue to change as you grow.
2: Um, Well, I think taking up your cross and deciding to live for Jesus instead of yourself is a daily thing. Like you have to actively make the choice every time you get up in the morning not to live for yourself. So, I mean, throughout college and then beyond that, it's still going to be something that I'm working on just to continue to do things for other people to glorify God in the process.
1: Very cool. I know that we will try and encourage you in any way, shape, and form uh, to, to help you in that that process. Um, and we really, really thank you for everything that you've done for us. Uh, I know this is not this is not our final goodbye. So, Southfield, don't think that I'm just saying up, oh, right? Seeing to kill, uh, but I I do want to take the moment to publicly thank you for for everything that you have done, all the laughs, all the hard work, everything that you've done uh, throughout your your time as. A junior high and high school student at Southfield. So, Nikel, thank you. All right. Uh, I look forward to seeing your actual face very soon, and we'll talk to you then.
0: Well, it's great to hear from Nikel. I can't wait to hear from from Bryson and Miranda and Jared as well, and where God is taking them in their lives. Uh, their graduation parties are getting a little messed up, we know, with all the distancing and everything. And so we thought as a church it might be fun to throw them a little bit of a virtual party. So when we get back, we'd love to go ahead and give them their their gift from the church. But, but if you want to go ahead and express your love to them, uh, you can go ahead and just stuff our church uh, post office box full of cards to them, so send those to Southfield Church with their name on it, Uh, Post Office Box 576, I almost did 890 again, Post Office Box 576, Shanahan, Illinois, 60410. So we've done our filming in Frankfurt, and today... Today we get to do some movies in Manuka. That's <laughs> right, we we came to Shelly's house. And, and while your house is all about the dog and pets, you, you will not find a pet at Shelly's house. You will not find an animal here. What you will find is tons of projects. There's always something spinning in terms of a project, whether it's an, an art project, a craft, or or what you're seeing right now. She has literally ripped her piano apart to go ahead and do this, I think it's called chalk painting, and so it's all it's all painted and, and ready to. Re, I think ready for the next stage, and then it'll be put back together to play beautiful music, and we're just it's really fun to be able to be at her house today, and that really brings us into our theme for the day, because um, we're a project, and God has been God has been working on us forever. He just, he continues to do his work in us. The the Bible, Paul says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God starts the work and God sees it through. Uh, We're in the month of May. Uh, You remember the little line from when you were a kid. April showers bring... May flowers. What do May flowers bring? Summer funner. No, pilgrims. (laughs) Anyway, um, April showers bring May flowers. (laughs) I didn't know you didn't know that one. I have a bad dad. I never taught you a funny. Anyway, April showers bring growth. And I love May because there's so much growth taking place right now. The shades of green are so vivid and we get to plant our gardens. And when I was growing up in western New York, my mom and dad would plant a garden and in, in virtually our backyard, our entire backyard, was taken up with garden. They would wait until May 19th to plant. That was their anniversary. And it wasn't like an anniversary gift to each other, but they wanted to make sure that the, that the chance of frost was gone. But even more than that, my mom would talk about the importance of, of warm nights. Mm-hmm. That if you planted that plant too early, it didn't matter. If the night was cold, all it was going to do is rot in the ground. It needed warm nights. There are a lot of conditions necessary in order for us to experience growth. So we're in, se- in, in this series talking about being contagious. And I really believe one of the things that's tremendously contagious is when we are growing. When, when we see someone growing, we want some of that, or we're even jealous of it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a thing in it. So, so for example, when I, when I see somebody after a while, and they've lost 25 pounds, <laughs> I'm like, well, they're not growing, right? They're shrinking, right. But, but I'm like, what did you do? What's the secret? Yeah, what, yeah, what did you do? Or, or when you can tell that someone's finally locked into a good workout plan, and they're, and they're looking healthy and feeling healthy, I want to know, what, what's it, and then I find out what it takes, and I'm like, well, I'm not so sure, but I mean, you know, I want to know. That kind of growth is contagious, and the same is true with spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is absolutely contagious. When, when I see that in someone else, I want some of that. I want to grow too. So I told you, I think it was last week or the week before, about the chart on my door that, that, that spells out where we're going in sermon series. And and I'm looking at that this week, looking at May and trying to figure out where we're gonna go. Uh, I've been thinking about growth. And as I was thinking about growth, I was thinking of different Bible characters that might take us in the direction of growth. You know, some of them for me, they're not real inspirational in that they're almost too perfect. I think of someone like uh someone like Daniel or someone like Joseph. It's like their spiritual life is just it went straight up and it moves across and it just it barely ever has a blip. They're almost borderline perfect. Yeah. You know, they're just they're running like that. Or you have someone like Samson, who's who's a bottom line flatliner with with the ever occasional boop. You know, nothing there. Right. I, I don't think I want to be either of these guys. You know what I mean? It's hard, it's hard to be the ones that are doing great, and I sure don't want to be the one who's barely got motion going. I love Peter. Hmm. And, and, you know, looking at the resurrection stories again, I was reminded of Peter, and I look at this guy whose spiritual life, it looks like an EKG. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. You see that throughout his life. He'll have the most tremendous victory followed by a boom, fall on your face, crash and burn, a lot like us. It's a real, it, it's a absolutely. Peter's real. He's yeah. real, and we are too. So the thing that's important, we talked about this in the past, with that little EKG, it, if you were to draw a dot at the beginning and draw a dot at the end and join those two dots with a line, we should see upward motion. We should see upward motion. So I started digging into Peter, and here's what happened. I started seeing all these events from the life of Peter. I mean, there were just, there were tons of them. There were, there were so many events. And I'm like, how do I land on just a couple? So I actually texted Brian Shelley during the week and said, what do, you, what do you think if we stretched a little bit? What do you think we went from maybe one to a couple few weeks focusing on growth? And you're like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then the more I went, well, basically, here's what happened to the sheet on my door. We went growth. Growth, 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 growth. All of May, we're focusing on growing. We're just focusing on growing. And, and what better month to do that? We have an entire month that is completely unusual. I'm praying we never have another month like this. I've, I've just, you know, April ended, and I'm like, oh my word, here we go again. But I want to make sure this month is used with great intentionality for growth. This past week on my blog, I was talking about what's your growth plan? What are you doing to ensure that something happens in this next month that you see some growth take place in your life? So we're going to be looking at Peter. And part of the reason I love looking at him is because I think he illustrates for us the way everybody grows. He goes through certain um, developmental stages that are part of the growth of every believer. And, and as I looked at those stages, I came up with three, but pastors always come up with threes. So I, I don't know if maybe over the next four weeks of doing this, I might add one. It's possible. But let's start with the three. So if, if you're to look at this, if you're to look at the stages of his growth, he starts with, we might call it just an, an opening stage or an invitational stage. That's that's stage one. And then in the middle, in the middle you have you have progression, you have growth, you have you have challenges. Uh, kind of maturing is going on in that phase, and then when you come when you come to the final phase, when you when you get when you get to that one, uh, that that's where that's where you're just really settling in. I think for the long haul, a lot of your growing has taken place, and now you're now you're just truly living in Christ. You're doing what, what John talked about and Jesus talked about when he said we, we need to abide in Jesus. There's just an abiding place. I, I think it's a place that we might describe as um, abundant fruitfulness. Not that everything hasn't been fruitful up until now or had the potential of fruit, but by the time you get to that phase, you're just you are naturally producing fruit because what's taken place is you've moved from being a natural person to a truly spiritual person. You, you move from a person that is apart from Christ to a person that's living in Christ. So in those three stages, kind of that, that, that opening stage, the progressing stage, and then the long-haul stage, in those stages, there are a number of challenges that we face. And, and that's where we're going to take Peter and look at all the different challenges he faced that grew him along. Now, let me, let me say this before we move into the opening or invitational uh, phase. Our tendency as Americans is to look at everything sequentially. We look at everything in terms of steps. You know, you've got the steps, you've got the progress, you've got, you've got a checklist, and you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this. So we have this, this checklist mentality that takes place that's not really the way the spiritual life works. I mean, true, we become a believer and that's the only time you have to become a believer. You don't become a believer multiple times in your life. But outside of that, what we find is that there might be an area that we experience growth, and then there might actually be a little bit of a backtrack, and then, and then some progress, almost a, a two steps forward, one step back sometimes. And, and so I think the better image, rather than, rather than a checklist, is to look at it in terms of kind of a, a loop, this looping loop. And this is, this is our growth, where we're just looping along, and, and occasionally what we see is that the loop is starting to, it's starting to bump into the next phase. It bumps into the next phase. And as it bumps into the next phase, that's when, that's when we're starting to grow toward that next level. So it's not that the levels, um, we can't assign a time period to it. You know, the first level should take a year and a half, the, the next level should take 30 years or something like that. I don't think it works that way. But in terms of the level, there is some degree of sequence. There's an opening, there's a progressing, and then there's a long haul. We see that in Peter, but we also see within the challenges themselves a lot of moving up and back. I love using the word challenges. It, it lines up with our church mission. We challenge people to take their next life-changing step toward becoming more like Jesus together. And I think Jesus challenges us. And God God challenges us to grow. So again, he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. So I'd like to look at three challenges that Peter faced in the opening phase or the invitational phase. Well, we're going to be looking at the book of Matthew for these. And so, Brian, if you'd go ahead and read Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, we see we're introduced to Peter in the book of Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> One day, as Jesus was walking
1: along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. They left their nets at once and followed him. So
0: we might refer to this as the the challenge to drop your nets and follow. Hmm. It's time to just drop your nets and follow, or to to learn to trust beyond what I know. And I know uh, for us, a lot of us, you know, we're not we're not commercial fishermen. In fact, to the best of my knowledge, none of us are. So what does it mean to drop your nets and follow? I believe that. For all of us, when it comes to our spiritual life, we lean on what is familiar to us. There's something that we know and we've known it all of our life. That's, that's, that's been home base for us. That's where we've lived. And there comes a challenge, there comes an, an invitation from Jesus where he says, you know what, you've been depending on that net for a long time. That, that's the way you think you fish best. That's the, way, that's the way you think works best. But I got news for you. I got another way. I've got a different way. Part of what I love about what Jesus does in this interaction with them is that, that he meets them in their familiar place. In fact, Jesus, I think, is a pretty tremendous fisherman himself because what he does right now is he throws out the best lure he has. He says, you love fishing? You love fishing? boom let me let me show you instead how to fish for people let me show you something different a, a different way to do this so what's interesting here is this is not this is not an invitation to salvation this is not at this point this is not an invitation to say commit your life to Christ this was an invitation to just come learn about him he says come follow me check out what i've got going here and that that is where the invitation starts for all of us. We don't just instantaneously become a Christian without, without any knowledge, without any interaction with Jesus. We have a seeking stage. We have a stage where, where Jesus is literally inviting us to just come learn about him, just, just come find out more. And, and what happens for a lot of us is we, we have nets that have been very familiar. Your net may have been the denomination you grew up in, the church you went to, a particular spiritual practice that you had, or maybe something you, you did in the past, your parents baptized you or something else that you thought that was a relationship with God. And along the way, Jesus gives you this bump and he says, yeah, you thought that net was effective. I want you to consider dropping that net and coming and following me because I'm gonna show you a whole new world way of fishing the that's a whole new deal that's why i think the lure is such
1: a great analogy there because we go trout fishing mm-hmm. not this year but at the first saturday in april right now yeah. every every year and part of what's awesome about that is when we when you hook up the little hook with power bait and those trout are coming in it's not an immediate smack you know, right they don't take the bait right away they come and and check out the different colors, see which one smells
0: right before they actually bite on. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful picture. So for all of us, it is not that we, the first time we hear about Jesus, boom, we're in salvation. We're learning, we're learning, we're listening, we're growing. I, I just, I love this. In my own parents' life, I remember their story of, of you know, they had nets, they, they were part of a particular denomination. They did life a certain way. And for both of them, uh, they started to hear the call of Jesus to follow. For my mom, she connected relationally through her sister and, and through a pastor. For my dad, he connected intellectually through, through reading Billy Graham and other books. But, but God used those tools, those lures, to invite them to at least say, come check me out. Come check. It's, it's like the woman at the well who says to her village, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So there's just that. Jesus is saying, come come check it out. That, that's part of this invitational stage. So then let's move to another story. This story is found in Matthew chapter 14, uh, starting at verse 28. And, and Brian, I'm going to go ahead and have you read that story, that, that part of the story to us.
1: Well, do you want me to start at 20? I'm sorry.
0: Start with the word immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Because mine says 28, so I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. A strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. At about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Ooh. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said.
0: Take courage, for I am here. Again, get it in your mind. Experienced fishermen. They had been on this lake hundreds and hundreds maybe thousands of times. They had been on this lake in storms. They they even had the lore of fishermen telling the ghost stories and everything else. And finally, they see a ghost. Oh my word, what is this? So where do you think we're going in this? In this invitational stage, what do you, what do you, what do you think's going on? What's the challenge? Well, knowing we're talking about Peter and remembering
1: a series and sermon you did a long time ago, I... I'm guessing that it's going to be talking about the invitation to come out of the boat, to have the courage to step out
0: and come meet Jesus on the water. I, that's, a, that's a great thing to assume. It's a great thing to assume. So I'm wrong. It's, well, I think there's a little different challenge in here, a beautiful challenge at the opening phase. Because honestly, I think the, the challenge to get out of the boat happens at all three phases. But there's something that happens uniquely at this phase. Would you just go ahead and read, read the next verse? Read verse 28. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. So last week when Don was sharing his marked up, marked by, and he talked about this passage, those words hit me like a pile of bricks. <laughs> Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come walking on the water. You see in the second in the second challenge the challenge isn't get out of the boat though that challenge is there, right? That's not the challenge. The challenge is to see God in the storm. It's the ability to see God in the storm. We're born with very natural eyes. We're born with very unspiritual eyes. And, and so we have these we have these unspiritual natural eyes and we tend to want to interpret everything through unspiritual, natural eyes. So you look at COVID. You look at what's going on in our world right now. Most people want to, want to describe everything going on in terms of a, a natural, unspiritual approach. It has nothing to do with God. Uh, either in terms of the event itself, in terms of the cure, anything. It has nothing to do with God. And some of the opening challenge that God offers us is to say, do you see a ghost or do you see me? What do you see? And and, and as God as God is invitationally opening as God is invitationally opening our eyes, in that season we actually start to recognize that there's someone there and we didn't know it before. There's someone there and we didn't recognize him before. And it often happens, though not in every case, it often happens in our storms. It often happens in that moment of crisis that we realize there's someone, something bigger going on out here than what I always knew before. And so it really, this challenge causes us to trust beyond reason. We've been living by our reason up until now, and God says, "I want you I want you to trust beyond reason. I want you to start to see that I'm actually involved in all things, that God is involved in all things." I have a friend I can't name him. And we do something together that I really shouldn't tell. <laughs> I know where you're going. We hunt for mushrooms. (laughs) But I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you what kind of mushrooms. And I'm not telling you where we hunt for them, okay? I can, or he would kill me. It'd be all over. You'd be doing the sermon next week, okay? (laughs) So anyway... He he introduced I shouldn't even say he. This person <laughs> introduced me to hunting for a certain kind of mushroom that grows this time of year, a highly sought after a mushroom. highly sought after mushroom that costs 12.99 over at Fresh Time. Anyway, the first time we went, here's what I realized. You've got to train your eye to see the mushroom. He kind of told me where to look. Am I going to tell you where to look because you'll look and then this we'll have trouble. This person but told you where Yes, to look. he told me the conditions. He said you'll find you'll notice on this particular kind of plant. You'll notice in this particular area. I hope I have not given away too much. I really want to live. But anyway, he said just watch, just watch and you and it was amazing. As I was looking, I was like, "Boom, there's one. Boom, there's one. Boom, I started seeing them." And then honestly, I started seeing them in my sleep. I mean, I was seeing them everywhere. These things, I could just see them. To the point that yesterday, I was in a different place. I'm not gonna tell you where, because now only I know Spot. this place. Yeah. And I was walking along, and I look, and I'm like, oh my word, it's a mushroom. I can't believe it. Your eyes get trained to see it. Uh, another thing, uh, I, I, love, I love birds my my family loves that i love birds the hummingbird feeders went out this week it's time to get that sweet juice out there and what i've found after better than a decade of 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 watching hummingbirds i see them everywhere now it used to be that um i just thought that was a large bug flying through the sky And now it's amazing. I can tell my eyes have been trained to see, to see the way they fly, to see their pattern. It's like there's a hummingbird right there. Even two years ago, I actually found a hummingbird nest in my birch tree. It looked like a little straw shot glass sitting (laughs) up on a branch. It was crazy. But you train your eyes to see things. God, God invites us to start to train our eyes to see him to train our eyes to see he's there. He was a part of this and he wants us to notice. So we have these we have these God noticings, these God sightings. And, and this is all part of that first phase, this, this opening up where on one hand we're saying, all right, I'm willing to drop the net I've been trusting in order to learn a different way to fish. And now I'm starting to... Get rid of those natural eyes with which I've looked at the world and start to see that God is actually involved in all things. It is at that point that God brings us to the third challenge and maybe the largest challenge of all. So, this is found in Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. Would you start reading there? Yeah. When Jesus
1: came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one
0: of the other prophets. So we have this moment. Again, remember, disciples, disciples lived with their teacher. And so you'd have real formal times of teaching, but there was also a lot of along the way informal teaching. Just just enjoying conversation. And this I find this Question: Interesting, because I think even even I, as a leader, will do this with people from time to time. Just kind of a a poll test. So, what are people saying about? Or what do you think people think about this or that? Believe me, more than once I've asked people. So, how do you think people are responding to you know church at home? How do you think they're handling bringing us into their living room by video? So, so we'll ask questions like that. That seems like what Jesus is doing here. Hey, guys, you know. What you been hearing about me?
1: The litmus test. Yeah. yeah,
0: what you what you been hearing? What what do you what do you think's going on out there? What do you what do you think people's perspectives are on on who I am? And they throw out their answers because people have been taking guesses on who they think Jesus is. Now, what Jesus does because he's a brilliant teacher. He's perfect, right? He's a brilliant teacher. He takes this theoretical discussion and he just he brings the spotlight right on them. And he says, yeah, but what do you say? Who do you say I am? Who do you say? So, so go, ahead and, go ahead and read that. Read that part of the passage. Read, uh, read verse 15 and 16.
1: Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah,
0: the son of the living God. So this is still part of the opening phase. This is still part of the invitation. Jesus has invited you to take whatever you've been used to relying on and drop it and learn something new about him. He's asked you to open your eyes to determine, okay, is that a ghost? No, that is the Lord. He's there. But now he brings forth the ultimate question, the ultimate challenge. He says you know what you've been learning a lot about me i've been revealing myself to you now who do you say i am who do you say i am he not only asks who am i but if i can say it this way he asks who am i to you he personalizes it who am i to you and peter Peter is great because he's he's always the first responder in a question, and sometimes that pays off, and sometimes it's foot in mouth. This is a payoff pitch because he says what he knows to be true: you are the Christ, the Son of the living God i don't even know that he's thought through all the implications of that yet, but he's got he's got a clear sense you are not like anyone else you are you are from God himself, and this is This is where God wants us to ultimately wrap up the opening phase. Because there comes this point now that he says, I want you to understand that I'm more than just a man. I'm more than just someone that's out there. I'm more than just another being. I'm the person that can completely change your life. I am the son of God. I died for you. I was buried for you. And I rose again for you so that you can have eternal life. I want to have a relationship with you. And he basically says at that point, will you accept my invitation? So all of this leading up has been a softening of the heart, an opening of the spiritual mind for us ultimately to be willing to say, yes, I believe you are the Christ, the son of God of the living God. Now, I want you to go ahead and read what Jesus then says to Peter. Jesus replied, You are blessed,
1: Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell
0: will not conquer it. So here is the beautiful piece of what happens at this point. Peter identifies Jesus as the son of God. And then Jesus changes the identity of Peter. He takes, he takes him from just Simon to the rock. He, 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 he literally changes who Peter is. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about this. It, it's transformational for every one of us Paul says in 1 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so Peter is not simply, it's not simply a matter of an intellectual identification. I know you are the son of God. There is a spiritual transformation that takes place in him. There is this moment in his life that he identifies Jesus as his messiah. For us, we would say we identify him as our Savior and Lord, the one who forgives our sin and is to lead our lives. And in that identification, Jesus says, and now you are changed. Now you are transformed. That invitation is offered to every human being. It's offered to every human being. These invitations are there for all of us The challenge, that challenge to drop the nets. To just drop the net. To be willing to trust beyond what I've known all my life. To instead learn to trust the living God. The challenge to see God in the storm. And for that matter, to see God in all things. To trust God beyond reason. And the challenge to answer the ultimate question, which means what? I need to learn to trust beyond myself. Now, said all of these phases, there's no time limit on them. But let me say this. If it's been 25 years and you're tr- still trying to figure out who Jesus is, it's time to get at it. It's time to get at it. I, I think generally, you know, we go through a year, maybe two of hard investigation, and there comes a point that we need to make a decision. Who is Jesus to me? He has made himself abundantly clear. He's a miracle worker. He's the son of God. He's come to forgive our sins and to redeem our lives. And there comes a point that Jesus is asking you, all right, I'm asking again, who do you say that I am? And today, there is no further growth. There is no growth to level two and level three if you don't finally today say, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. I believe that I have sinned and done wrong things and those wrong things have separated me from God and only Jesus can pay for those wrong things and I am open to that payment right here, right now. I choose to trust in Jesus as the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. I wanna right now offer you the opportunity to pray that. You can can hit the pause button or you can pray along with me. But let's go ahead and pray right now. It's time. It is time to stop quibbling. It is time to stop debating. You've, you've dropped the net. You've learned who he is, you've seen him involved in life. It is time to answer the question. So let's answer it. Lord Jesus, here now today, I hear your voice. You are asking me, Who do you say I am? I have an answer. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. You are the only one who can forgive my sins. And you are the one that I want to lead my life. Today, Jesus. On this day in May, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. It is time to get growing to the next level. And I'm ready to get growing with you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I truly wish we were present together. I would love to be able to celebrate with you. I mean, at the least, would you right now text me? (laughs) 815-290-9595. Text us and say, I know who Jesus is and I claim him. He is my savior. He is my Lord. I am so ready to follow him. Do you have anything you want to add to what we've learned this morning? Nothing
1: insightful, just that when you watch this, it is Justin Timberlake's favorite month. I know that you weren't a big sync fan, <laughs> but my <laughs> wife is, and she's been walking around my house all week saying, it's gonna be May. <laughs> Quarantine is turning our brains to applesauce people. <laughs> applesauce.
0: All right. Well, that <laughs> thank you for that profound <laughs> spiritual insight. That is just beautiful. Uh, we're going to take a break right now to regather our thoughts and come back for a final thought. All right. I return uh, confused and bewildered. We've talked about Jesus. We've talked about the apostle Peter and we've talked about Justin Timberlake. Mr. How, how exciting. All right. Hey, one of the questions we've been being thrown is, you know, what are we doing with music and how is that working right now with, with video church? Gotta be honest with you, it's, it's not as easy to do music as you think. It really isn't. To get it right, we, we find, we find kind of two camps with music. People who really love engaging with the music at church when they're watching on a video, they're kind of going, it's not the same. And then, and then you have other people who who don't engage as much with the, with with music, who are kind of just searching for the fast forward button. So we're we're trying to find creative ways uh, to do music, and and here's one of the things that we think will help. So you come to the end of the YouTube video, and a and a final screen is going to come up, and on one corner there's going to be a logo. I'm explaining this not for the sake of Shelley, Brian, and everybody under 30, but For the geezer crowd okay because i didn't know this i just you know whatever so there's a logo over there where you can go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel but then on the other side there will be a link to a video and if you'd love to just go ahead and and join in some music right now uh, i'd encourage you to hit that link it's a song called the blessing shelley's told me the origination of the song that uh, I get these names wrong. Carrie Job, right? Carrie Job and her husband were about ready to go lead worship at Elevation, which isn't their home church. And like the night before they're going, or two nights before they're going, they wrote this song. And when you see it, you're like, are you kidding me? It, comes, it beautifully comes out of the words of, of Moses and Aaron, this, this blessing that they give to the people. And, and I love being able to listen to this and, and think, and if I can say it this way, sing this blessing over all of you because I really think that God does want to bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And he wants to give all of us peace. He wants that for us. So go ahead and click that, play it. Now I got to tell you, whether it's Bethel Music or Elevation, they can take a song and turn it into a, you know, we used to call them a cantata, or I mean, it's like it's like the Messiah long. So so they start to go and go and go, but. Um, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I, I hope you engage with it. It's one that we hope to introduce when we all finally get to regather. And so if you would be learning it now, it's going to have so much more um, meaning and impact for all of us. But, but let me give you an idea for a spiritual practice. So here's what I've been doing with this song. Uh, in my room, in my office at home, I have one of those... Uh, Digital, digital frames and pictures come up on it of our family. And I just turn this song on in the evening, and I watch those slides go. I watch the slides, and I just, I let this song sing my prayer. I let the song just sing my prayer as I pray again and again that God will bless my family and watch over my family and the people that I love. And so receive this song this morning as a real act of worship. Hear the words. Know that God sings them over you. Sing them over someone else. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday when we move into that, that, next, that next phase, that next level in the life of Peter. Uh, you have a great week. We'll see you.